I don't moonlight as a rapper. My jersey up too high in the rafters. I got a problem team new life and attractors. Soon sipping that moonshine and a plaster. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. I'm your host, Joel Edwards, and we have a Moonlighters first. Idaho's in the house for the first time. I'm happy. What up? <laughs> Everybody meet Ben. What's up? What's going on, Ben? How's it going, man? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. I'm, I'm glad that you could do the show. I uh, uh, I um, saw your story uh, among... Uh, uh, I actually read about your story. Um, I, I, I looked, if I'm not mistaken, because I get these things from different sources, but I was uh, hashtag searching and I wanted to go state by state by state by state. So just like hashtagging small business and things like that. Cause I just want to see what, you know, the Moonlighters theme and small business theme. I want to see what it's like in, in other places. I don't want to just be a, a East Coast thing. So, um, sure. I, I found Ben and what he does. And I, 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 I like everyone talks about disruption, but I do like new businesses, finding new ways of doing things that I enjoy. And, and your product is one of those. And we're going to talk about it just to make sure I pronounce it right. Is it Karuna Kava? That's correct. Yep, that's Runa right. Kava. All right, everyone, we're going to talk about that in full detail. Um, I think it's great. I just tried some. I think it's awesome. And uh, we'll 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 start here. Are you born and raised Idaho? I was not, man. Um, and if you would have asked me five years ago if I was going to ever live in Idaho, I would have been like, "No way, dude. That's not possible." <laughs> Where are you from? Um, so I grew up in the armpit of Indiana, Terre Haute. Um, which is, uh, lovingly referred to as not the nicest town in Indiana, which is not of the nicest states, but I had a good time growing up in Indiana, yeah. grew up in a cornfield kind of, yeah. um, but, um, didn't find out about Cava until I actually moved to Colorado after college. I went to Indiana university, um, in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, big party school. Sort of nice. uh, yeah. where part of my path to finding Kava started was <laughs> drinking a lot of cheap, you know, beer and, and vodka in school. But um, yeah, took some business classes in college. Um, didn't get super, super down the, the business path. Ended up getting a bachelor's degree in public and environmental affairs. How'd you even choose that as a major? Well, um, <laughs> honestly... Uh, I was I was a bit of like a, a hippie at the time, um, okay. and and I really liked taking these environmental courses, and they just happened to be extremely easy. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I knew that I could uh, graduate. I wasn't the best student in my in my college year, so I uh, took some public policy courses and and some environmental courses, and I was like, well, this at least sort of interests me, so. Yeah, that's what I ended up sticking with, and and I learned a lot in college. Um, mostly that, um, you know, I I had some real self work to do before yeah. I was going to be the person I wanted to be. But um, yeah, it was a great experience overall. The concept of college is crazy because like you you just because you eighteen and twenty one right. You always hear eighteen is the age you're an adult, but you're mm-hmm. literally just throwing a bunch of like eighteen year olds in this like crazy thing. You're like figure it out. <laughs> so you have all these people yeah. who have no idea who they are what they're trying to do there's like plenty of options out there but there's there's guidance but it's not like high school people aren't chasing you down and fall so you're literally kind of just trying oh to God. see what sticks it's insane yeah and i mean i i've said this a few times but i wish that uh like 
people approached me about business loans the way that they approached me about um, college loans because they <laughs> they like weren't going to let me leave that room until I signed that paper and got yeah. that money, you know. But, you know, you go to start a small business, it's, you know, they're like, well, you know, what? give me your last five years of sales data. It's like, well, crap. We talk about that all the time on, on this podcast, how it is so hard to get money. Like my wife and I bought a house and it took like, there was a, like thousands of papers I felt like I had to sign. But for school loans, you're like, yo, can I get like $200,000? Like, yes, absolutely. And then you just walk yeah, in for and sure. get your money. <laughs> that's, that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you leave, you graduate. Did you go to Colorado immediately after? No, man. No, I, uh, my mom had moved to Florida. Okay. Um, and, uh, I sort of left school with my tail between my legs. I had been drinking real heavily and was not doing super well. Um, and went home to live with my mom down in Florida, her new place. Um, and, uh, yeah, I lived down there for like seven months and uh, ended up going to rehab while I was down in Florida um, and just sort of was in this weird limbo of like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I, I've got no path. I've got no direction. I've got this drinking problem that's causing me, you know, kind of a lot of uh, uh, pain and, and trouble and now, and then I felt like a burden, you know, cause I'm like living with my mom and, uh, you know, it's, I don't have a girlfriend. It's like, uh, it was just not a fun period of my life. And then after seven months of doing that and working at this terrible job, uh, oh, I was in pest control in Southwest Florida, which is yeah. not a fun gig. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, so I just sort of in, kind of stupidly with about $800 to my name, not enough money to get like an apartment or anything. I moved in with a buddy in Colorado Springs who I used to snowboard with and slept on his floor. And, uh, that's how I got my start in Colorado. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, man, that's, that's why it takes a lot of uh, courage to like the rehab process with alcohol, man. Alcohol is such a tricky, tricky, tricky subject. Like I'm 38 now and I don't drink anywhere near it like I used to, but mm. it's, it since it's so socially accepted, like mm. everyone, including myself, is like, oh no, I don't have a problem. Like I still go to work and stuff. And it's like, ah, like I feel like we're all wavering around the gray lines if we don't have to do this as much as we currently do this. So sure. it's like it's most people out here don't even know or don't would never think, oh, this isn't a problem at all. I can have two beers, three beers every night or whatever, my my little brandy all the time. Yeah. And I mean some people can. Um you know, some people don't have, have a hard time with it. And, and some people can have a beer once a week, you know, yeah. um, for me, what becomes, what happens to me is like, I'll end up like, if I start drinking, I'm just going to want more. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's just, just the way it's always been. Yeah. Um, you know, I was introduced to alcohol at a very, uh, uh tender age and in, in a, a, during a rough point, my childhood it immediately became like a best friend style, um, uh, you know, uh, crutch that I was using. And, um, so it just was something that is, it's hard for me to control. And I think a lot of Americans right now, especially cause everyone's super stressed out, 
Yeah. People are like really people that had been casual drinkers before the pandemic all of a sudden found themselves at home with nothing to do. And, you know, the liquor store is open, but the AA meeting was closed, you know? So, um, I think a lot of people started drinking a lot more than they would have wanted to or normally would. Yeah. My friends, I talk about this a lot with COVID. It kind of just made it so much harder. And the the thing for me is mine was always youth binge drinking. So like going out on Fridays Mm. and Saturdays and drinking way more than I needed to. There was a bar called Brothers of Chain. And, oh, uh, I know, brothers. There's oh, yeah, one in bro- Bloomington. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I got kicked out of that bar a couple times. Brothers had a deal on Thursdays where it was $5. Yes. Y- yes. You know mm-hmm. exactly. You know exactly yeah, what I'm I talking about. I know the about. deal. Uh-huh. On Tuesdays, they had like $2 tequilas. On Wednesdays, they had a deal on like, I knew every day, dude. It was like yeah. a calendar. Yeah. That's Brothers how I knew was, what day of the week it was. <laughs> Brothers was awful. Like for five dollars, you could, uh, you could drink all the all the all the uh, everything anything on draft. It was like middle light five bucks. All you can drink literally the entire night. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point, it's I don't do that anymore. But because you, like you said of wanting more, I associate social gatherings like rocket social ga- gatherings with alcohol. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. football games. And it's because it, it was conditioned. I did it so much when I was in my early 20s that if I go to a, a concert, if I go to a basketball game, you know, a football game, I, it's like it's in your head. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, I, I, I got to have this to compliment me while I'm out here having a good time and doing whatever. And that's because yeah. that's all we were doing every single weekend. It was nuts, you know? So yeah, uh, it's also what our entire society kind of tells you that you do at that kind of stuff, you know, like, uh, yeah. It's that suit. I love it. It's a clip from South Park where it's like an alcohol ad and it's like <laughs> girls that are like all chesty, like in, in bikinis and like a sexy dude on a Ferrari driving a Ferrari. And <laughs> it's like and then it's like alcohol sprinkled in there, you know, and then at the <laughs> end they're like, please drink responsibly. And it, I think that's so funny because it, it is. I mean. We were watching a movie the other night and in like every scene, the guy is pouring a scotch or pouring like people are drinking. Like, I don't know how this movie got made. The guy must have been plastered, you know, if he was actually (laughs) drinking. Um, But and and again, I think it's because a lot of people, whether they do it consciously or not, when when we're drinking, we're, we're reaching for something. You know, it's that Buddhist concept of grasping. Yeah. You know, and and. I mean, I personally, and this is because I, I've had, uh, you know, um, a community in recovery and we sort of have created our own community of people with kava that don't necessarily drink as much. Um, that pattern can spiral so quick to mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, like what was totally fine, you know, maybe drinking a craft pack of, you know, six tall boys a week, all of a sudden you're drinking six a day. Yep. You know, and and then all of a sudden, if you don't drink, then you feel like crap and you don't feel good again, yep. because that's the other thing. People you withdraw from kava or from alcohol about 45 minutes after your last drink. So even when you're in like a bar setting, that's sort of what's driving that. Like, let's get another round. Let's get another round. Like there's a there's a mechanism there that's sort of telling you that you want more. Yeah. Um, and that's why kava's cool, because you you don't have that at all. Nice. So let's do. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the future, bro. So you're in Colorado. You uh, move with your friend. Do you rethink 
uh, you said you did some soul searching when you were in Florida. At this point, where you kind of uh, you did the past job, where you like, all right, all right, like, uh, let, what do I really, really want to do? Was it still what you went to school for to kind of get kick things off, or did you float a few things out? Oh no, man, no shit! Immediately hit the fan. My buddy robbed me because he was a heroin addict. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I found myself with no money. And then uh, six days after I got there, he told me that him and his girlfriend, who I was living with, were going to get evicted. Wow. So, like, all of a sudden, I had no money and I had no place to go either. And um, But in the meantime, I had applied to work at Red Robins, like, slinging cheeseburgers as a yeah. waiter. Oh, yeah. Um. And, and I hadn't really stopped drinking yet. I was still drinking. So I got myself into a sober living house. Um, and that's really when my desire to become a better person or like to become, because before I was just sort of so lost that I just, I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, you know, I didn't know who I was because my whole identity was sort of wrapped up in, you know, being this, this drunk vagabond college kid. Um, and I had never really done any of the hard work to, to, you know, get through some of the traumas of the past or, or to address some of my own mental health issues that had sort of just been, uh, bubbling beneath the surface. Cause alcohol also <laughs> surprise, surprise can really exacerbate um, certain mental health issues. So I got into uh, a sober living house in Colorado Springs and um, really started chugging along on that path um, of just like traditional 12 step recovery. Yeah. Um, and ended up being the manager of that sober living house. Nice. Um, and while I was at that sober living house, I um, sort of stumbled on Kava. Um, uh, okay. Okay. Kind of, yeah, almost on accident. Um, I got actually, it's a funny story. Uh, I got in a kind of a, a fight with this kid, not like a fist fight, but like a argument at the, at the sober living house. Cause this dude was drinking this stuff called Kava. Okay. And it was like made from these roots of this plant from the South Pacific Island. I'm like, man, it sounds like you're getting fucked up. Um, <laughs> and I was like, we can't have that in the sober living house. And he sort of talked to me more about it and sort of explained. And I got kind of curious. So, um, yeah, that's when I decided to check it out. All right. See, this is why when I, like I, when I like, we definitely have to have more conversations. We have like similar journeys, like souls are like moving around and finding things. And this is why I believe in some sort of energy. Like, I don't care if it's, uh, divine. Like for me, it's religion. It could be energy, it could be karma, physics. I do feel like there's something out here who just like pushes you through something and you're like, what, what? And then it has an impact on you for the rest of your life. Like there's gotta be some, because that's just, that's just a crazy oh, yeah. coincidence. You know? <laughs> it's just so crazy. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah. Kava. Mm-hmm. And was this something that was already like being sold in Colorado? Is there already a market oh, yeah. for it? Or, okay. Yeah, man, that's so I, you know, I go to, I go to this Kava bar. I was actually at sort of a, a, a rough point, um, of my path. Cause I was, I was completely sober, but I was having a, a real hard time with, um, with something at the time. I even forget what it was like I, something 
I wanted to drink real bad. And like, um, and I thought that this Kava stuff was sort of like maybe a good go between. And so I walked in to this bar and I actually thought they sold liquor too. Cause I was going to like, I told myself in my head, you know, I'm going to go there for Kava, but when I get there, I'll probably like have some liquor, you know, cause it's a yeah. bar. Right. Yeah. But, um, they didn't have any booze at all. It was a Kava bar in Colorado Springs called Ohana Kava bar. Um, and yeah, man, I started, I drank some Kava at the bar and it was gnarly, dude. It tasted like pain thinner. It was this really <laughs> crazy Kava extract. Um, but I felt like this immediate, ah, like this relief, but I still was like sharp and I still was lucid and like, I was still myself. Um, and I actually was not looking forward to having any more because it didn't taste very good. And I, so immediately a few things happened. I got really interested in things that were not alcohol that had an effect on your mind and body that could be less destructive or non-destructive. Yeah. And, and I also wanted to work there. Like I wanted to get a job at that cobble bar. Um, nice. Nice. So I did. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, who, who was it like a chain or just like, uh, uh, mom and pop? It is now. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. so this guy in Colorado Springs, shout out Matt at Ohana Kava bar, really cool guy. Um, he had been, he opened a Kava bar in the Springs and at, you know, it, it really bloomed into this really cool community of, uh, of people that, that drink Kava. Um, and, but, and his Kava bars are great. They're, they're really cool. He's got a few of them now in the Springs, but, um, the way he does Kava and the way we do Kava is pretty different. Um, we make it from mostly, uh, we don't use any extracts or concentrates. Um, we pretty much only use really high quality single cultivar noble kava roots that have been grown for five or more years. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, it's just, a uh, ethos that we have just using the raw kind of deal, um, to make kava. And, and that's when you get like the more earthy sort of flavor, but, um, yeah, it, it also brings out more like, in my opinion, complex cobalactones. So you get a, a more enjoyable effect, I find. But yeah, that's sort of where I learned the ropes about, you know, what kava was, how you made it, why people drank it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good introduction. How long until you wanted to do it for yourself? I worked there for a little over a year. Um, ended up in sort of like a, like a managerish position, um, and started brewing Kava at home with other root that I was finding myself like mm -hmm. in the marketplace. And I was sort of having a different experience in, in my home sessions than I was at the Kava bar, like the Kava I was making, I was like trying to figure out how to make it taste good and be a little more enjoyable and, um, I was also like getting experience with these really crazy high quality, um, older Kava roots that I hadn't had before. 
And I was really blown away by what I could make in my little kitchen. Um, and then as soon as I started thinking about it, my brain just sort of went, whoa, man, um, you could probably do this. Like, uh, like you could not to like saying I wanted to rip off my boss. In fact, I moved states so that I wouldn't, you know, step on anybody's toes. Yeah. Um, but immediately I, I started thinking, you know, I could do this professionally, um, and, and have it be, you know, different than what is happening here in the Springs, but you know, my own kind of unique, um, and that's when I first started working on a business plan was like in January, 2019, nice. like right on new year's. I remember I, I drove up to the root Cava bar in Boulder. My head was just spinning with all these different ideas. And I had some buddies at the root and, um, I was just spitballing with the, with the guy that is one of the owners at the root. And he's like, man, you should really, you should do this, you know? And, and, you know, uh, gave me some good guidance and it's just been, you know, balls to the wall since then, so to speak. What exactly is Kava and where'd you come up with the name? Kava? Yeah. Kava. What is Kava? That's a great question. Um, Kava and I'm shaking it up. If you hear it on there, um, we're going to drink a little bit if you want to pour a little out. Um, so for approximately the last 3,000 years, people in the South Pacific Islands have been brewing and enjoying a beverage called Kava or Yankona or Awa, depending on what island you're on. Nice. Um, Bula, Bula. Uh, is a Fijian term for life that you normally say with people before you drink Bula. Um. It's a drink made from the roots of the kava kava plant or Piper uh, Um Kava kava is in the pepper family of plants. Actually, its scientific name means the intoxicating pepper, which was one of its early um, early names. Um, but uh, the roots of the kava kava plant are full, uh, as, as well as other parts of the stem, um, are full of cavalactones, cavalactones, um, like methysticin, cavein, uh, dihydrocavein, desmethoxyangonin, yangonin, dihydromethysticin. Um, these are all compounds that calm your amygdala, stimulate certain GABA receptors and act as physical muscle relaxants. Um, so when you drink kava, you feel euphoric, cheerful, chatty, kind of socially lubricated, um, but also relaxed physically and um, very calm. It's, it's an anxiolytic, so um, it makes you feel stress and anxiety free. Um, but it also has properties that sort of tend to put you in a bit of a flow state, like you're very present and mindful, but also relaxed and calm. So people use kava for my use, which is like a non-destructive alternative to booze. Um, but people use kava for a lot of reasons because of that very complex range of cavalactones found on the root. So people use it for sleep. Um, it's been shown to greatly increase your brain's capacity for REM sleep. Um, 
uh, general relaxation for people that are tense because of its muscle relaxing properties. Guys in the NFL drink kava because it helps them after hard workouts because your lactic acid buildup can be purged more easily um, when you're relaxed. Uh, and also you don't get hung over, which is going to mess you up in practice the next day, which is why like a lot of um, athletes uh, are really coming on board with drinking kava because it has some good properties there. Um, meditation and flow state achieval, uh, really good for that. Stress and anxiety without creating a cycle of dependency and withdrawal. You know, I mean, most people that take Xanax have to take more and more and more all the time. And then you, you can't leave the house without taking your Xanax because I'm going to preface this by saying I am not a doctor. Um, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, benzodiazepines and stuff like that can cause dependency issues and tolerance development issues, which can in the long term be detrimental to, uh, to actually treating anxiety. So kava, you don't develop a tolerance to it. Actually, the opposite happens. It's adaptogenic. So the more often you drink it, the more you feel it and the less you need to feel it as strongly. So it's like the opposite and you don't become physically dependent on it. So um, uh, you don't get sick if you don't have it. You don't have whiplash anxiety if you if you don't drink kava. So it's pretty non-destructive. I mean, from an addiction standpoint, it's less addictive than coffee because coffee technically causes withdrawal. Um, coffee's the worst, right? Like as someone who drinks coffee every single day, like it's I just, love it. It's, uh, it's great. It's, 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 it's hooked in. It's like you can't get away from it. But it's uh, good. But so yeah, in a nutshell, that's sort of what kava is. It's like a non-destructive recreational beverage. It makes you feel happy and relaxed. Um, and it's got some other health benefits too, like uh, keeping you sharp brain health wise. It's good for memory. Um, but it's also an, a lifestyle. Where's Karuna, Karuna Kava come from? Is that a, yeah. Yeah. So Karuna, um, I'm pretty, uh, I found a lot of uh, comfort and, and knowledge in Buddhist teachings when I was getting sober the first time. And, uh, actually got a bunch of like Buddhist uh, nice. work on my arms. But, um, whenever I was trying to figure out like what our mission was like as a company, I was like, well, we want to create like compassionate social beverages. Um, and then I, uh, was reading, uh, this book from the Dalai Lama and, uh, this word popped up Karuna and it was like, uh, it's, it's a word for compassion or like the offering of compassion, um, to, to another. Uh, and I was like, Karuna Kava, that sounds really kind of cool. Um, and I, I like the, the meaning behind it. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I liked it. I, I stuck with it and, um, uh, it does have a, a very different cultural background than Kava itself. Um, but that's sort of where that's kind of encompasses like one of, just one of my worldviews is that we, we live in such an interconnected world now. Um, I like to draw from different cultures and I mean, we, we believe in appreciation, not appropriation. So um, like we, 
I like to sort of bring uh, an understanding of uh, different cultural ideas and, and even religious uh, ideas like compassion because it is, you know, uh, an ideology to try and be compassionate as yourself, as a, yeah. as a human. Um, and without the compassion of others, I never would have discovered Kava. So it seemed like a good fit. We have all these medicines. We have all these concoctions. We have all these things. The way we live our life, um, especially in the U.S., is about, look, this is the way we're supposed to live. You hustle. You get after it. You go. You have, you know, this, if you're stressed, drink a beer, boom, boom. Uh, this is how you have to act if you want to get ahead in life. And then you start hearing, I, I traveled a little bit. You don't have to travel to do this. You can just kind of read and, you know, um, even go on YouTube. You know, but I start hearing that there are people who do things differently, who live differently, who don't have stress as an everyday part of their life. I start learning that, no, there there are alternatives to eating Percocets and things of that nature. There's other things out here that people were using hundreds of years ago. Like, you know, they're just different ways of doing things and appreciating that can add a lot of value to your life. I mean, one of the traveling for it helped it for me. I mean, I grew up on the East coast, so it's pretty much, you just run around until you drop dead. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's always about just feeling like you have somewhere to be, you know, you gotta be heard. There's so many people out here. If I need to, if my idea has to come across, I have to be louder than everyone or more sly than everyone, more ruthless than everyone. If I got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. We got to get out there and get after it. Can't be late. And traveling to places like Vietnam, fortunate enough to go to Cuba a while back or uh, just <laughs> Kenya, anywhere where I'm just meeting people and they're just, <laughs> they just don't have any of that on their brain. It's unnecessary. Like we don't have to, to do all that. Everyone's not cracking a six pack at the end of the day or just pissed off and so stressed that all you're thinking about at four o'clock is I can't wait to have a beer right now. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I've done all of that, but you realize it doesn't have to be this way. We can get to the solutions we're trying to get in life or even rethink those solutions by just learning more and seeing more. So I hate to go on that random. No, totally right. I mean, absolutely right. And I think other cultures have a different way of kind of viewing their, their time too. I mean, I noticed this in Costa Rica and, and I, I hate to say this because it's cliche and not everyone can do it because it does take, you know, disposable income that a lot of people don't have right now. Right. But traveling really is one of the best ways to sort of develop yourself um, and, and expand your your viewpoints and, and your, your, you know, ignorant. I feel like I am would be less ignorant and I don't say that in any connotation at all, but I just in the, in the meaning of like not having knowledge, you know, being unknowledgeable about certain cultures. Like sometimes I, cause I've never been to Southeast Asia, always wanted to go, but yeah, I, I could use even just some insights from that culture, but in Costa Rica, everything is sort of slowed down and um, it's not a stress to you know, order a cheeseburger. It's not going to come in 20 minutes. Like you got, you might have to wait an hour for a cheeseburger, but like maybe you could talk to a loved one during that hour. Like you could go check the surf while the burger is working. Like there's, they just have a different way of viewing time. And, um, I have, (laughs) I could 
probably take some notes from that uh, yeah. kind of thinking because these days I'm kind of hustling all the time. But how'd that work out timeline wise? You had your business plan, you were set to go. Did, was Idaho already up in the air? Uh, how did you know? Okay, I want to sell this. I may have to go somewhere else to do that. Yeah, um, that was actually kind of a bumpy journey in and of itself because I had just had a baby. Um, I was, uh, you know, 20, 25, um, had a baby with, with a girl that, um, uh, very nice, nice young woman. And, uh, when the baby was born, um, in, in January, that's when I really was like, had developed the business plan and and I knew that I was going to do this thing, but I was still thinking in the beginning that I would do it in Colorado. Okay. Um, just maybe in a different city or, or on the other side of the town. And I had got some investors and, and that fell through pretty, pretty aggressively. Um, when I actually came forward to my, to my boss, cause I really respected the guy. He had been a really good employer and helped me out, um, personally, uh, a few different times. And I didn't want to like be doing all this stuff behind his back. So, right. I just sort of, you know, let him know that we were, I was going to be leaving and he needed to find a new manager. And, um, when I did that, uh, my investors were very upset with me and they, and they pulled, um, because there was a personal grudge there that I wasn't entirely aware of at the time. Um, so like a grudge with him and them or, but they had wanted me to sort of, not tell him uh, and just to sort of screw him over. And, yeah. And that, you know, the guy gave us a car so yeah. that my baby mama could <laughs> get from place to place. Like it didn't seem like a, a good way to conduct business. And I, I, from the beginning I had set out with, even it's laid into our business plan to, to treat others with respect and to there is a competitive side to business and you have to be competitive. But I think where we've sort of gone astray is like, um, we think that it's either, it's either me or them. Yeah. Um, but like realistically two um, like two competing businesses can actually work with one another uh, to, to help, you know, raise more overall revenue than could have been possible if we just, you know, cause now I'm selling Kava to a lot of these Kava bars. So, um, that happened and I had actually already put in my notice at the Kava bar. So I was sort of in this not great position, which is, um, I had lost this really good job at the Kava bar that I loved um, to start my own thing. But all of a sudden I, I didn't have the money anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's when I went back to freaking red Robin, um, and started selling burgers again and shout out to the dirty bird. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, I got, got a job at red Robin and then they said that I could transfer to, to Idaho. Um, okay. Boise. Cause that, that was when I started looking for other cities to do it in. And Boise really stood out to me because they didn't have a Kava bar yet. Yep. Um, and Joe Rogan had had this guy on his podcast who was from Boise. <laughs> and uh, he had said what a cool town it was. And um, I thought it might be a good fit. And it's been 
yeah, it's been a real journey, man. So we ended up packing up all of our stuff and, and moving to Boise before I'd never even been here. We just picked out an apartment online and, and off we went. So went after it. Yeah. And yeah. How, long, how long did it take to, for you to, how are you liking it? How are you, how are you liking the town? Oh yeah. I love it now. Um, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> there don't move here, but it's, uh, it's great. Um, you know, it's very, uh, mountainous in a lot of areas. So there's yeah. like that outdoor connection that I really need and, and thirst for because yeah. nature is definitely where I find that sort of divine guidance and, um, and peace and, and tranquility and some of the stuff that I need to, to be the person I want to be. But, um, there's also a really cool city here too. And there's a lot of growth here. I mean, it's one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. Um, it's also a pretty big drinking town. So, um, I, you know, correctly thought that there could be a real need for, for some, some kava around here. And, uh, yeah, we moved here in, in June of 2019 and, um, kind of just hit the ground running, man. How long did it take you to get from, uh, getting the business plan done to, did you, when you got there, did you already have, uh, like your copper ready for sale or did it take a little bit more time? Oh dude, it was such a learning process. Um, I immediately started at some local farmer's markets, uh, just like selling it in a bottle. Um, and, uh, in the beginning I was even making it in my kitchen. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but then we got into a commercial kitchen, um, and, uh, you know, trying to organize the kitchen times with the, uh, <laughs> the market time so that the cob would be fresh and still good. And cause you know, it all needs to be refrigerated. So, um, and in the beginning I wasn't doing what I do now. So the cob went bad pretty quick, but we figured out how to extend the shelf life. So, in the beginning, man, it was kind of limited. I was trying to sell it to pretty much anybody, but it was, it, it was slow to take off. Um, for sure. I mean, we're, we're still like just at the point where it's starting to be sort of, um, self-sufficient in terms of like me being able to do it full time. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was waiting tables at a couple different places and hustling, uh, at at the farmers markets and different events, you know, um, EDM shows, silent discos, yeah. um, pretty much anywhere I, they would let me set up a tent. Nice man. This seems to me like a cooler version of CBD. <laughs> like it is so much better. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, you starting to feel it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's just chill. Um, yeah. So yeah, you were you were doing it, man. You're you're grinding. It was the did you, was it all gradual in terms of things picking up steam? Uh, just another person here, another person here. Or was it, was there, were there specific moments you remember where like, oh crap, we're catching steam now? Man, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, um, it was real slow to pick up. It was definitely more of a side gig for the first like year and a half. Okay. And then, um, back, in uh i guess it would have been all the way back in april now um that's sort of when i 
went after it full time. I lost my job wait tables um, uh, because I just wasn't being a very good employee, to be honest. I was very focused on the Kava thing. And yeah. um, uh, my wife uh, was pregnant with our, our second kiddo. And uh, you get that a lot on this podcast. There's a lot of good people, bad employees because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, once I had discovered the path to what I know is my destiny it was very difficult to put energy into someone else's pot you know um and and i sort of feel like a lot of workers in the economy have sort of (laughs) discovered that recently but um yeah man whenever it was real slow going until i started doing it full time and then whenever i started to focus on increasing the shelf life um without sacrificing flavor and effect um that's when it sort of started to get a little weird um because all of a sudden like um we were getting some acclaim in the kava world because while there's no kava here in boise it's mm-hmm. big like in florida it's huge mm. there's over 100 kava bars in florida wow there um it's big in north carolina it's big in austin texas it's big in california it's real big in you know there's a lot of people that drink kava in oregon um but my approach has always been to try to sell kava to people that don't drink kava yeah um because most people can't make it past the flavor most people immediately are like Ugh. and because a lot of the times people are exposed to not so great kava mm-hmm. they, they're like why am i doing this like why am i drinking this dirt water or whatever um but when we started out you know, we're focusing on making really effective, strong kavas that people can feel mm-hmm. and uh, that also taste better and are easier to drink. Um, more Isn't accessible. that funny that people hate the taste, but I'm like, yeah, you drink vodka. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, a lot of the vodka that people drink, too, is like, you know, cheaper than the plastic bottle that it came in. Um and I just think it's funny that uh, people will sort of accept that uh, awful flavor uh, to to get loaded. But um, when it comes to uh, you know to something natural, they're they're just not about it. At yeah. All. Um, but we've had a lot of success in terms of like getting people to sort of break through to that to the experience and to be a little more open minded to it. Well, to everyone listening, I've I've tried it for the first time ever. I got my packs right here. Got my relaxed chai damu. Right, uh, shook it up, tried some. I could feel it. I started a little before we started this. We're like forty five minutes in. It's nice. It's like mm-hmm. I need for 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 different reasons. For like a hard alcohol, I'm cutting way down on just because I don't want to die. <laughs> and beer, it's just a calorie thing. Like I got to be really, I got to be really conscious of that because the thing about uh, outside of just, you know, the effects of alcohol in your body. The thing about beer, man, is like the whole beer belly thing isn't the beer. It's just the fact that you're going to consume those calories and you're going to keep eating. And mm-hmm. generally the stuff you're eating is not good. So I definitely need something that could be an alternative. And this is pretty cool. I yeah, like I it. mean, kava is an appetite suppressant. So 
Um, some people will get the Kava munchies. Um, Kava affects people very differently from person to person. Um, just because of different metabolisms and, and different, uh, uh, you know, we all have different bodies. So, yeah. um, but I really find that Kava doesn't make me hungry. Um, I will get the Kava chills. A lot of people get kind of chilly or cold whenever they drink Kava. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but mostly I just get real chilled out and relaxed and, you know, I can get a little more talkative and. Um, it makes, my wife says it takes your shoulders away from your ears, you know, like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and that's very true, you know, and, um, it's nice because you can drink a lot of kava. You could drink all the kava I sent you and it's not going to mess you up. You'll be, you'll get pretty rooted or like crab eyed as we like to say, (laughs) um, but you'll still be like aware of your decisions and you're not going to lose your memory. Yeah. Um, you're not going to wake up super, super hungover tomorrow. Um, actually you'll probably sleep great and then, uh, wake up feeling great. Uh, because Kava doesn't really have a hangover. Um, unless you're drinking like some of the two day or non noble varieties of Kava, which we don't sell. Now that you are, are are you full time on Kava now? Kava now? Yeah. Now, now I am, man. We, um, I've been hitting it hard. I mean, because I do all of our own graphic design and all of our product, I mean, we're kind of a, a one man army over here, but my wife helps a lot with like production and, and labeling and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I built a website and then, uh, after I built the, built the website, I, we switched to these cool pouches yeah. and the glass jars these we pasteurize them and then the kava's has a much longer shelf life and then we started shipping from the site and in the beginning that was very slow um it was hard to it was hard to ship it was hard to um to produce enough to ship at the time but i've really spent the last six months really um, updating our, our brewing techniques and, and scaling up and figuring out the shipping. And, um, you know, we've had a real uptick. Um, I mean, we're up from month to month. We're up over 125% from last month. This wow. Month. Nice. So congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It feels good. And I mean, we, because of all that effort and just kind of grinding, you know, on social media and, and, um, and, uh, events and in-person events, uh, we got our, our funding, uh, a couple months ago for our Kava bar. Nice. So now we're going to move forward with opening our own location. Cause right now I brew everything in a friend's commercial kitchen. Okay. Um, and store it there. But when we open up our own space, we can, you know, really have a good Kava community that can come there daily and, and get Kava. But uh, we can also use that as like a hub to expand our, our current production because um, while, cause I started when I started, I was not trying to make a beverage company like I at all. Yeah. I, I wanted to make Kava for these farmers markets and that's kind of silly. But I thought I would 
meet an investor that way. Like I would just like talk someone into giving me enough money to start a Kava bar. Um, and in the kind of by accident along the way, um, I ended up creating like the world's first or one of the world's first, um, ready to drink traditional style Kava companies. Um, and that is really where I think we're, we're going to find most of our success because just because of the, the quality and the sourcing that goes into our Kava, it's pretty unparalleled. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'll take the Pepsi challenge with pretty much anybody else's Kava any day. Um, and we bring that experience to your living room, you know, like you don't have to live in a city where there's a Kava bar. You can just go to our website and, and actually our pricing too. Um, we charge less per fluid ounce than most Kava bars do. So, um, cheaper, higher quality usually gives you a bit of a competitive edge. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I like the way you. It, it, I mean, there's this TED talk. I feel like every one of my professors made me watch was about Simon Sinek and the why, like know the why to your business, and like you know, mm. talking about Apple and all that. But I, I, this rings true here. I feel like you were trying to find alternatives or something, and you wanted to build a community, and it's cool because you you found a community. You're building a community that can support probably like three or four other styles of communities. I mean, there's people who want to drink less. There's people who just want to meet people. You already have mm-hmm. these Kava brewers who are, who are looking for other ways of selling. Like it's pretty cool. You kind of bring it to people together in this in this random way. It seems to be working yeah. really well for you, and you earned it. Like I, I just hearing everything you've gone through. I just man, I, I, congratulations! And uh, it, it's 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 inspiring to hear you know everything you've went through and gone through, and and it, the worst thing I think I see with business owners is when it either makes them jaded or just angry. <laughs> so you get these 50 somethings who are just mad. I had to do this, you know, and you're <laughs> like, I get it. Life can get hard. Yeah. But, Oh dude, I've, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I've been angry, you know, like I've, I've been packing up my tent after selling, you know, $40 worth of Kava and paying $40 to be at the event and like not making any money and just having people, you know, spit my kava out on the ground or, or, you know, make these exaggerated faces about how disgusting it is. And I've had to, you know, roll with those punches, but I think a lot of people become jaded or bitter because at a certain point, the bit you stop running the business and the business starts running you, you know, and like all of a sudden it's not necessarily this fun thing that you're doing. It starts to feel like a chain around your ankle. Um, but you just have to figure out how to, how to keep that passion and that, um, that fire going. And I mean, and that's why I think it's good to work at jobs that you don't like, right? because then you can always take that experience and look back at it. And now like if I'm in a rush and I've got to brew, you know, 20 gallons of kava and, I've got to get it done so fast or because, you know, the kids have to be somewhere or whatever. Um, I just take a moment, try to remind myself I could be bringing somebody a mad love burger at, at, you know, red Robin right now. Uh, and no hate to people that are doing that right now, but, um, that was not my calling in life. And 
to find that calling and, and to chase it down definitely feels good. Well, this is a pleasure. This was uh, been this was awesome. I uh, uh, I learned a lot, and it's uh, and it's uh, cool to see. I'm so happy uh, for you. Now there's big things on the horizon. Now I gotta go to now we gotta go to Idaho. I gotta I gotta get to your bar, man. When it opens up. Well, maybe not. I mean, that's sort of part of the plan now is to uh, to open Kava bars across the U.S. Nice, through, uh, Sam. Yeah, through. Um, you know, a franchise style model promote from within franchise model. Um, so that other people can own Karuna Cabos and, and create their own communities. Um, I'm looking in DC, all the comments can't find Kava. It's like two places can't find Kava. Hmm. There you go. Boom. Boom. They're begging DC. for it. <laughs> Sounds like a good spot, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I hope you, uh, yeah, it, it's it's one thing I noticed is that the, one of the best things I heard one of our guests say was uh, celebrate the small wins. So I hope you do take time to just think about this this journey you've been on. Man, it's a lot, and 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 you 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 did it. Like you powered through, and you got something going here, and and it's all just great. So again, I, I take my hat off to you, and uh, I, I hope this. Uh, if there's anything we can do to help you be successful, I'm going to do it. And I, I, I really, I see the sky's the limit for you. So, uh, again, th- this is cool. This is really cool. Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. We're, we're definitely making it happen. For everyone listening, how is, yeah, where can they find Kava? How else can they support you? What channels do you want to uh, advertise right now? Yeah, so um, follow us on Instagram at Karuna Kava. Um, we also have a page on Facebook that you can check out. Uh, our website is really easy to use, karunakava.com, um, and use code word rooted, R-O-O-T-E-D, for a discount. Um, uh, support us that way. If you happen to know people in the world of CBD or kava bars, or you feel like you know a shop that could do really well selling kava, um, hit us up. We, we really like to develop more wholesale partners and, and get our product into more places. So, um, besides that, I mean, if you're out there and you're struggling with booze and you're, uh, wanting a different way of life, uh, feel free to reach out to me, you know, personally, um, uh, either through our Instagram or through our Facebook and, I'll see if we can help you out because that's like really the passion behind this whole thing is, um, you know, I, uh, I've got something that I think can, can help and already has helped a lot of people and people just don't know, you know, people don't know that there's a, a different thing that's fun, that's enjoyable and, um, acts as a good alternative. So, that's our, our real goal is to sort of find those people and, and to offer them the same much less painful path um, uh, and non-destructive path that, that I try to walk these days. Um, because now, you know, I've got two kids um, married. Uh, we have our own home here in Idaho. Uh, I've got a car. And, and these were all things that in my mind were impossibilities when, when I was, uh, you know, sharing a room with, with, uh, 
a dude uh, in in the sober living house, you know, uh, with a couple dollars, you know, people had to buy me coffee. Um, and one thing I will say, if you're, if you're sort of pursuing an entrepreneurial, uh, pursuit like this and, and you launched two weeks ago and it's not working out (laughs) necessarily, um, learn, you know, take those opportunities, learn, you know, figure out how to use your time more effectively, learn, um, just like, don't give up immediately and and don't be afraid to to keep a gig going while you're starting up. I mean, I definitely couldn't have started this, um, you know, as my sole job whenever I started it. I had to have these other gigs. Um, but if there's value to it, you know, find out where that value is and, and try and spread it. Well, Ben, this was this has been a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 again, the cava I got some in the fridge. Our first pack's already almost gone. It's nice. Less beer. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, man. So uh, again, thank you. Please order some cava. Let's let's get this franchise going, man. That'll that'll because this is gonna be one of those things. Like I feel like just like talking about a CBD or just like healthy stuff in general. Like it, like juicing and smoothies, for example, wasn't widespread like that when i was a kid you know like it took forever like it just took a while and now some things you just expect to be in every city and i feel like this this is one of those things you know i I think it'd be great especially how you present it too i feel like you like a bar or, or or any kind of creative way that you can do it i think would be would be really cool so um yeah man for sure um yeah everyone who's tuning in thank you again for joining another episode of the moonlighters club we'll be back with more guests um, we, uh, uh, I, I think next year I'm gonna start looking at showcases. We used to do live showcases pre COVID, but, uh, business, cool. business, business owners would get on stage or past guests would get on stage and basically just tell their story and, uh, be able to just kind of network. So I'm looking into that. Um, so yeah, I'll keep you all posted on that. We're all, again, you know where we are, major podcast networks, please. Uh, thank you so much, Ben. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, man. Yeah. We'll look forward to seeing you all next time.